0: you're running a business, right? So you have to find that balance to make sure that the team member announces time too and that it doesn't become something out of control. So there's no rule book for it, there's no script. So just kind of learning as we go, but I think just trying to shift the mindset that it's okay and it's going to happen. So let's not all be surprised about it when it does.
1: You're listening to the Hospitality Leaders. Each week on the show, we bring you conversations with leaders in the hospitality, event, and food service industries. Our conversations help you understand the state of the industry, the challenges we all face today, and what the future holds. Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources at hospitalityleaderspodcast.com. This episode is brought to you by Upshift. Our on-demand staffing platform allows businesses to hire high-quality hourly workers with peace of mind. Find out more at upshift.work. I am here today with Tara Galena. She's the owner of Take Root Hospitality. How are you doing today, Tara?
0: I'm doing
1: well. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing awesome. Thank you. Well, I'm excited to have you here today. We've had a, a really good conversation already today, kind of getting ready for the show, and I'm excited to to get some of that out of here. But I think to start with, Tara, maybe can you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then maybe we'll jump into a little bit more about Take Gruden and the operations you have going there in St. Louis.
0: Sure, yeah. So yeah, I'm Tara Galina. I am the co-owner of Take Root Hospitality along with my husband Michael and then our culinary director partner Aaron Martinez. And we collectively have four restaurants here in St. Louis, starting with Vicia, our first restaurant, which is a seasonal farm to table fine dining establishment, Winslow's Table, which is a bakery, cafe, and gift shop all in one, Taqueria Marita, which is a Southern California Baja style Mexican restaurant, as well as Bistro La Florison, which is a kind of classic French bistro.
1: Awesome. Well, that's a great portfolio. So, how long have you owned grew it in these restaurants?
0: Yeah, we started as Vicia five and a half years ago. And it wasn't only until this year when we opened two new re- restaurants at the same time the Taqueria and the Bistro that we decided we really need to kind of call ourselves something now, I guess we're a little more than just a couple of restaurants. So we created Take Root Hospitality and those last two concepts just opened over the summer. So yeah, so it's been a, it's been a road. Visia and Winslow's got us through the pandemic and allowed us to creatively pivot to lead to us to be able to have these new restaurants, which I'm certainly grateful for. But myself personally, I really run the operations of the restaurant group from human resources and payroll to marketing, creative development, things of that nature and all the fixing this, fixing that, and anything that possibly needs to get done. So I wear a lot of hats. And I'm currently, as we talked about earlier, just trying to kind of transition to being more of a leadership role and kind of learning what that means and not being so involved in the day-to-day management of each restaurant.
1: So before opening your first restaurant, what were you doing that led you up to that point?
0: I had been in New York along with my husband, Michael. We met working at a restaurant called Blue Hill at Stone Barns, which is just outside of the city. It's a really remarkable farm-to-table restaurants, and we kind of started our relationship there. And he, Michael, is from St. Louis, and it's the reason we moved back here to kind of Try try out our own thing, not really knowing where it was going to go. About six years ago, actually no longer, week seven, we did a bunch of pop ups in between when we moved to St. Louis, and we actually opened Vicia. So we kind of went from that. Before that, I had gone to culinary school at what was the French Culinary Institute. I sort of worked throughout the industry in New York, from magazines to food television to to restaurants, kind of trying to figure out where my home was. I, I knew I wanted to be in food, and I wasn't quite sure what. But it wasn't until I landed an apprenticeship at Blue Hill, actually. I got to work on the farm, I got to work in hospitality in the front of house, starting from hosting, working my way all all the way up to a service captain, and I kind of really fell in love with hospitality and kind of knew that was my calling, but also wanting to create something special that sort of furthered telling the story of of sustainable agriculture and good food practices and and that's kind of what led Michael and I to bring that idea to St. Louis.
1: That's awesome. I I think it's a great concept and and then to see you go from one restaurant to to four restaurants in a very short period of time. That's uh, that's quite the expansion there.
0: Yeah, and I forgot to mention that in in the middle of that I also had two kids. So I have a 2-year-old and a 4-year-old on the four restaurant. So I'm tired. I can imagine. <laughs>
1: I can only imagine it. As if the four restaurants weren't enough, you have two young kids, right?
0: Yeah. Depending on the day is when like, which one is harder. I'm not sure. But so, yeah. So Michael and I have our, have our hands full in every regard, but, but I kind of also don't know anything different and we just, that's just kind of what we do. So this was a year of growth most definitely. So I'm kind of excited to get into 2023 and to kind of try to find our groove with this level of of operation that we're running.
1: I think you keyed in on it there, right? It's a ton of growth. And so in your world, I mean, obviously you're expanding your locations, you're, you're scaling during a very difficult time to scale. And then also, obviously you're growing your team in a very difficult time to be able to find, train, and retain talent right now. So how's that going so far?
0: It depends on the day. With more people come more everything. And I feel like I don't know that there's been a day in in recent memory where someone hasn't called off here or we lost someone here or we're sort of trying to play fill in the pieces a little bit of everywhere or this person's out sick so I'm filling in or Michael's filling in it's a constant just roller coaster to some regard as much as we try to keep it organized and, and plan ahead life is unpredictable now more than ever before. So Hiring and retaining people is, is literally all we think about and talk about almost every day. Obviously, the food has to be great and shine, but I wish I thought more about that. But these days, it seems it's really how to keep people, keep them happy, create a good work culture, and be, be proud of the team that we have.
1: And I think that's an interesting concept because a lot of people talk about culture, right? And I think everybody's heard the difference between corporate culture where it sits on a wall or in a card in your pocket versus the actual culture that exists kind of in your organization. So day-to-day in your restaurants, what kind of culture are you trying to build within the restaurants?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think positivity and openness is, is number one, and that's something we work at every day. And I feel like some days we do really well and other days we take two steps back, but trying to be honest and recognize when things aren't happening the way they're supposed to and having those frank conversations to try to turn that around and make people aware of how their actions affect everyone else. So it's taken a long time to kind of get here and we still have a ways to go. But I think having the dialogue, being open about it and knowing that, It's okay to talk about what isn't working well, I think is the first step. So we're not perfect. And there's some things that go so great and some things that don't. And I think it's just people, when you're dealing with human beings, right? There's just so many variables and people's emotions and what people are bringing from their personal life into the workplace every day and making that, making space for that, making sure that our team doesn't feel like we don't care about what's happening at home. And if they need help or want to talk about it, we're here. If they don't, just to be able to say, I'm having one of those days, I just need a little space and allowing for that and hopefully making people not feel ashamed or afraid to say as much. And I think that's something as a restaurant culture industry is just for so many years was sort of shy to to even talk about that. So a lot of unlearning is happening right now across all boards from the kitchens to the dining rooms. But we're trying to work towards that place where people feel safe and comfortable all the time to be at work.
1: And I think that you just hit on something that's really interesting because we, I, I think whether you're working in a restaurant or a hotel or any other facet of, of hospitality for years, most days start off with whatever baggage you have, leave it outside, right? And I feel like that's definitely shifted where that's not the case anymore, right? I mean, people are bringing them, whole, bringing their whole selves to work, bringing their authentic selves to work. And with that, not only do you get the benefit of the unique perspective, but you also are getting everything that comes in with them as well. So, So how are you starting to manage that? How are you weaning your way through that so far?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we're trying to instill in our management that they need to be open and understanding of team members that are having challenges, keeping open lines of communication. I think from a team member perspective, we want them to feel like if they need a day or they need this or they need that, like it's okay, but it's all about communication and just being transparent with your manager that this is happening or something is happening, not nothing specific, but so that they understand. When so much goes unsaid, everybody comes to their own conclusions, right? And they make assumptions and they think they know what's happening or they think they oh you don't care about your job or there's just so much that we sort of just jump to whereas now I think you really got to take a step back and think what's something might be going on here let's let's do a little bit more fact finding let's try to understand so i think trying to shift that perspective within our management team so that the team members feel like if they need to call out because they're having something going on in their personal life that there isn't going to be retribution but then You're running a business, right? So you have to find that balance to make sure that the team member announces time too and that it doesn't become something out of control. So there's no rule book for it, there's no script. So just kind of learning as we go, but I think just trying to shift the mindset that it's okay and it's going to happen. So let's not all be surprised about it when it does.
1: One of the things that I've seen recently through a number of articles and videos is this concept of the team members that are getting burned out largely. It's not just the job, right? Uh, In a lot of cases, they are the empathetic ones in the group and kind of the person that everybody talks to. And now they're almost wearing the baggage of everybody else that's coming through simply because they're empathetic, right? And they're, they're a good ear and there's somebody to listen to. Are you seeing that at all kind of in your world in any of your restaurants?
0: Sure. Sure. I mean, I, I've had a lot of long talks with team members who are like, oh, I just like, it's just heavy. Right. It's it's heavy when you have to be that person that everybody wants to unload on. And and I think it's it's good in so many ways, right? That there's there people feel safe and comfortable talking to people within their team or to a manager about about what's happening. But getting that manager prepared to hear that information and what to do with it is so important. And so I feel like everything kind of should hopefully roll uphill in that regard. And I guess at the end of the day, I have many days where I'm feel like I've just got the weight of the world on my shoulders. But then who do I talk to, right? it stops. The buck stops here. <laughs> so I think I've had some days I can remember where I just felt like this is just impossible, right? Or I, I feel so terrible that this is happening, or I just feel helpless, or there's nothing I can do. And that's a terrible feeling, right? But I think that's kind of who I am too. I'm that empathetic person that listens and kind of takes that all on. And I'm learning my own ways to manage that and to deal with it. But I think I I want our team in both directions just to feel like that it's okay to talk about those things. And We're not going to use that against you or not schedule you or anything like that. It's just not about that. We want to be able to help at the end of the day.
1: So one of the things you mentioned was preparing your managers to hear that right? So what kind of conversations are you having with your managers as you're getting them ready to deal with really what is the mental health side of the industry at this point in time?
0: Yeah. I mean, and we're trying to share resources that are from a reading perspective, but we also provide free mental health benefits to all of our employees. And that includes several free counseling sessions that they can access and then continue to access as they can afford it throughout the year if they need more counseling. And so I think trying to remind everybody like, hey, have you called there? It's called Provident. Have you called Provident? Have you talked to someone like you should just have a quick session and just get it out there and hear from somebody with a objective perspective and just making that conversation. I've been pleased to just even hear even in passing or in a quick message like, oh, I'm, I got to have a quick session with my counselor and then I'll be available at such time. And I'm like, I'm just glad that that's not like anything people are embarrassed to talk about. So I want to keep hearing that kind of thing. That's why it's there, but making that okay and knowing that they can talk to me, but they can also talk to somebody else.
1: I think that's so important. And it's one of the, it's definitely one of those underlying themes in our industry. And this was here well before COVID. I mean, mental health was a, a- massive concern in hospitality well, well before COVID ever hit. But now I think the pandemic has really put it at the forefront Um, because mental health has turned into such a universally accepted concern across almost every employer, not just high volume, high stress, high anxiety, like the hospitality industry was. As you're looking ahead, what kind of, as a business owner, what kind of questions do you still have that you're trying to get answered or looking for help with that people really... Uh, maybe help you to answer or can ask themselves and and try to find their own resources.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think like more formal training on how to deal with, an employee in crisis is something that I would love to to have more access to. I am not trained in any capacity in any space as this regards. I'm just so self-taught. So I'm doing my best to equip my team with resources, but that has its limitations, right? Myself included. So I think it would be wonderful to see some sort of, and I don't know if it's a federal state level program, but being able to say, Hey, here is uh, an online course you can take to to coach an employee that might be going through something um, and feeling like you have some tools and it's not completely out of your control. I think something like that. I think about how how it impacts customer service also and what the guest experience is like and not sure whether or not society has accepted the fact that you might go to a place that is Half their dining room is closed because they just don't have the staff to, to support it. And they can make the choice to overseat and give everybody a bad time, or they can say, What? We just can only do what we can do. And that has at times because someone's out because they needed a mental health day, and you have to just roll with that. Like they don't really have a lot of other choice. And so, or if someone's having a bad day, and that might bleed into their experience with a customer. I always worry about that. But How much are people now taking that instance and saying, oh, well, I'm never going back to that place with X, Y, Z, or is there any empathy amongst our customers? That's something I think about and I'm curious from a like dining culture, like how that changes people over the next several years.
1: I think we've all seen the sensationalized stories about reality or any, any, really any facet of it where a is interacting with a service worker. I think we've all seen horror stories, but what sure. are you seeing? Yeah. What are you seeing on your side? I mean, is it, you've got, you obviously you've got four restaurants, you've got a pretty good reach on your business there. I mean, Are you seeing the same kind of interactions or are people starting to have a little bit of empathy as they move forward here?
0: It's evolved. It's it sort of. I've seen like up and downs, right? I mean, I think we went from extremes where everybody was like so nice and just like over tipping, and everybody was really like sensitive to how difficult it was for our industry. And then when everything kind of ramped back up, people kind of got back to their old ways, and we saw a little bit of that old difficult customer coming back to the forefront. But I think I feel this way anyway. I think more restaurants are feeling the way we are and we're like we're pushing back on that more than we ever did and not just yes yes of course whatever you need If it's not if it's unrealistic or if it's just inappropriate right so I think that voice has been a little bit stronger that we gained through that the pandemic which I think is positive but it just kind of goes back and forth and I think there will always be those people that are difficult that's just life but feeling like we know what to say now and we know how to politely fire somebody if it's necessary. So those things have changed. But whether or not I think people understand what we're going through now, I think if they are working, they probably recognize it in their own workplace. So I think everybody's dealing with it. So I think there is a little more sympathy, like we're all strapped. I think what I have found not related to so much staffing, but it's just the challenges from the cost of everything, right? And everything is more expensive. And for me, yeah, that's somewhat to do with our product, but it's really more to do with what we have to pay our staff. So our costs have increased because our wages have increased. And I'm glad that they have. And I feel good about knowing what all of our team members are making and making sure it's a livable wage for them. But that costs money. And so you can choose to eat out somewhere that may or may not take care of their people in that way. And you might pay less. You could eat with us. And I hope you feel good to know that like, we're we're making sure that everybody is receiving a fair wage, if not... Much more than that. And so, something we did during the pandemic that sort of I think was a a switch moment for us that I'm super grateful for is we went to a system now where our front and back of house all share tips. So, there is no cooks make 15 bucks and servers are making $30 an hour. Like that doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) And so when we were such a small team and we contracted and we were just trying to survive when we were doing takeout and things like that, we sort of went to that model because it just made sense. And we could never go back. Once you realize like how you were able to level that playing field for everyone, it really, it really changed things. And it, It was a band-aid that I I think I'd always wanted to rip off, but pre-COVID, like there was just so many preconceived opinions and notions about, especially from people who have worked in hospitality, about what they would accept and how much they feel like they're entitled to versus somebody who works in the back of house. So we were able to raise everybody's base wage and then have them share within those tips. And so everybody is starting off on more of a level playing field, which I feel really good about and I'm proud of. But again, that costs costs money, right? Making sure our employees have health benefits, free mental health, all of that, like that all costs money. So that impacts the cost of things you see on a menu. And so I think there's more of that, like, well, why is everything so expensive? Like, "Ah, because life, right? But finding a way to Communicate to people who are curious about how our business practices are, but without feeling like I'm wearing it on our sleeve, waving it like a flag, like I'm trying to brag about it at the same time. So that I'm still kind of figuring that out.
1: I got to rewind to something here. So this yeah. tip thing, right? So i I think I can, uh, I, I think I can uh, understand what the back of the house team feels about this this uh, this shift. How is your front of the house team taking that?
0: I think we have been hired with intention. So like, it's not something that we're hiding from anybody. That's a transparent thing that we talk about in the hiring process. So we're trying to find people that want to work in a culture and an environment where they feel like they're a coworker and a teammate with that people that are making the food, right? So it's not for everybody. There's a lot of servers that don't work for us, right? Because that's just not something they're interested in, and they want to go home with their 500 bucks and call it a day. But there's a cost to that, I think, yeah. from a society standpoint. So we're trying to create something different and to attract a certain type of person that wants to work in that environment and feel good about it. So I think you know, has that made it more challenging for us in hiring? Most definitely. But I'm also really pleased with the people we have found and trying to find people who treat this as a profession, not just a serving job. And so that's been a shift for sure. But I think it also helps set us apart too.
1: Well, I am absolutely just enthralled with the manner in which you've handled this. I think it seems like a holistic, as you put it, positive culture that you are instilling across your team, not only from uh, what you're instilling to the team, but the way that you hire, the way that you pay, the way that you take care of the team, the way that you empathize with the team. It's absolutely amazing. And I hope anybody who's listening to this is really thinking about their business and how they can start making some of the same decisions, because I feel like this is what needs to happen in hospitality in order for in order for it to be a viable, consistent industry for everybody, not just the few that can figure out how to make it to the other side or take take the heat of the crucible, right?
0: Most definitely. And I'm not, we're not perfect, but I always want to be careful. Like I'm not preaching that I've got it all figured out. And there's a hard conversation I have almost every day with somebody about something or I hear it. I'm like, (laughs) that still happens. It's just, we're trying to have a, a, a goal. We're trying to have a focus and we're trying to all work towards something. And so I think that I'm really proud of. And I think whether we like it or not, as you said, this is where things are headed. So we can either get ahead of it Or we can be reactionary to it down the road and feel like we're catching up. But the younger generation, not to date age myself, but like they're coming into this with a whole nother set of expectations for what it means to have a job. What is a job? What does it look like? And I think we can be mad about it and we can be frustrated and we can say, oh, these kids, they don't want to work. But that's, we're not really listening if that's how we feel about it. And we can be angry and then find ourselves without anybody working for us, right? Like we have to evolve and you have to adapt to who's out there. So those are some things that we certainly talked with internally. I think most of our leadership were in our late thirties, forties. So we're used to how it was when we started working and it's different. And I think some of it has been for the best. Some of it is a bit extreme, but we're finding that middle ground, right? And, And figuring out how to attract and retain people that have different expectations and rightfully so about what it means to have a good job.
1: Well, I think that's absolutely awesome. As we kind of wrap up here today, one of the things I always like to ask is, do you have any advice or what kind of advice are you giving to people as they as they join your team from a management perspective?
0: I'm thankful that everyone that we sort of have in management has started with us in some sort of entry-level capacity, more or less. So they've been able to learn the business, learn what we care about, learn how to prioritize what's important. And I think I prefer when at all possible to promote from within for that reason. But I think we're trying to hopefully teach them like, we want to do this a better way. And we need you to help with that, right? Like we can't, I can't certainly do it all by myself. My husband can't do it by himself. We need to be able to teach the teachers and have them continue down. And so I think just that like, this is a professional environment, right? Like we're not all slinging shots. We're not, it's just not that kind of workplace. Like we, which that I'm sure is fun too, but to have people view this as a career, view it as an opportunity to further their life, even if it's just for a two-year period, where they're trying to move on to something that they're pursuing outside, of this industry, like we have to make it good while they're here. And so really just trying to come at problems and challenges with that in in our perspective. So I think just my advice, I, I guess, would just be to think about how to make it a professional environment. And what does that mean? And if you've never worked in one, like getting advice and talking to people who do and how do they deal with challenges and crises and conflict um, when trying to take some of those lessons. My person I read personally that I'm a big fan of is, is Brene Brown. And so I would say, just read her book, Dare to Lead, and you will, you will understand.
1: (laughs) Absolutely phenomenal book and a yeah. piece of advice and a book to read. That's absolutely awesome. I love it. Uh,
0: yes, that's. I, I have it on my desk and looking at it right now. I've lots of your, you know, dog-eared pages that I go back to and just like teaching myself how to be a better leader. And so I think anybody just start there.
1: <laughs> really, that's awesome. That is awesome. All right, well, Tara, as we close today, if people want to find out more about your restaurants. Where are they going?
0: Yes, so I, we don't quite have a central website yet. That's on my a very, very long to-do list that I try to get <laughs> to every day, right? But we are—we're on Instagram, which is where we love to share stories about our team and about our food and what we do. So, Vicia, Winslow's Table, Taqueria Morita, and Bistro La Florison in St. Louis. We'd love to see you if you come to town and to come check out our places. We have a little bit of something for everybody, all kind of focused on exceptional hospitality and well-sourced, delicious food.
1: Well, Tara, I have really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you so much. And I wish you see the you best too, to you on your new restaurants and everything thank you, you. There. Congratulations! Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And we hope you found this episode insightful. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star review. You can find more information and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode at hospitalityleaderspodcast.com.